Today's edition of the podcast is brought to you by CoachMe Plus. CoachMe Plus is the leader in athlete management software and a product that I've been lucky enough to be using for a little over a year now. Only rivaled by the impeccable customer service that Kevin and his staff provides, CoachMe Plus's ability to constantly be amoeba-like in their ability to mold and, and matriculate what you're trying to get across and bring together is, is absolutely fantastic. Their constant pursuit of better ways and better methods and, and innovations and progress to their own product is absolutely fantastic. Go over to CoachMePlus.com. Check out what they got, guys. It's, uh, it's something that I guarantee you won't be disappointed with. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, guys, I get to sit down and talk with Eastern Michigan University's assistant sport performance coach, Sean Conaty, and we are going to talk about training, and we are going to talk about transition between jobs. Guys, Sean starts out sharing with us really the last 12 months of his life that included moving from Virginia to Michigan, starting at a new school, and then immediately going on a foreign trip with a team that basically he just met and then going for a year straight without even having an offseason to actually get to understand how the guys work and what the culture of the team is and all those things. You know, and then we get into some really good discussion about, you know, what he has seen from his athletes when it comes to these cultural changes and things that they're trying to work with these student athletes uh, up at Eastern with and how he sets up his training based on different evaluations, and how that's led to some really neat competitive things going on in the weight room. And then we talk about the similarities and differences that he's seen with his work in Division Three Christopher Newport, and what he's doing up there in the MAC at EMU. Guys, this is really an awesome talk. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Sean, thanks for being with us today, buddy. Jay, what's going on, man? Yeah, man. Hey, long time no see, you know? <laughs> what is it one week week yeah, and a half <laughs> seriously like to the day almost yeah yeah and now you're back up in eastern mm-hmm. you guys are rolling let's talk about everything you guys got going up there sure so you know we're in my first off season at eastern so i'm coming up on 12 months of being here and honestly this has been the quickest year of my life like i took the job in august and i just felt like my head was underwater till mid-march once the basketball season ended all of a sudden, I could pick my head up out the water, breathe, kind of assess the situation. But I got here. We were rolling. And, uh, and honestly, it was tough without a full off season. You know, as, as you and I have talked about before, like basketball off season is so important for the, the preparation and laying the foundation for the year. So when I got to Eastern, uh, it was you know, pretty much 52 weeks ago, I interviewed for the job. And then seven days after that, I'm here working my first day with the basketball team. Then the next day, I'm on a plane with them to the Bahamas for their international tour. So, you know, something that only happens once every four years. And I was just fortunate enough where my first week here, I got to be a part of it. And, uh, and that really, to me, that was instrumental in a lot of the things I was able to do during the year. Because my first week with new staff, new players, I'm around them. 24 hours a day for seven days straight. So, I mean, when we talk about getting to know people, relationships, buy-in, instead of a normal situation that you walk into and 
guy's first impression of you might be an hour here, an hour there, you're in the weight room, you're at practice, but it's all trying to implement your new system. Here I had 24 hours for a week where I really got to know them, they got to know me, it's outside the weight room, it's a different setting. So you know, I, I left that and I really felt like I had a good pulse on each guy and just a good pulse on where we were as a team. From a training standpoint then we get back and again, I only had a four week training block before we started rolling for the preseason. So at that point, I'm thinking, man, I got to throw in my whole off-season program and I got to fit it in four weeks to make sure these guys are ready because, you know, I want to do, I want to get them in the bod pod. I want to know, you know, where their body composition is at. I want to get everyone through the movement screen. I want to, you know, I want to get a good gauge on where each individual guy is going to be at on my spectrum of progressions to regressions to make sure I'm, you know, serving each guy to the, to the max, uh, to their, you know, best as possible. But we only got four weeks to get ready for the season. So, you know, we were rolling at that point and we got the job done, but it's funny. I mean, we were talking before. It was such a contrast coming from CNU into that setting and not necessarily how people would think. I was surprised. I really couldn't do a lot of the stuff that I loved and was doing at CNU and start doing it right away here just because the guys are different and more so from the, the culture and who we had, the level of accountability logistically, I just couldn't run certain lifts the way that I wanted to. You know, I couldn't pair some med ball work with one of our strength movements and have guys going out in the hall and doing med ball work because when I first got here, I couldn't really count on guys to be out in the hall handling business the way that we were at CNU. You know, CNU, when I left there, it was just a well-oiled machine. Team lifts were phenomenal. Energy's through the roof. There's good movement. Everyone knows where they need to be. Um, and so my first week here, I realized like, man, we're, it's going to take some time to, to rebuild, you know, what we had. Um, and so that was a, a year long process. I mean, we jump into, uh, in season, maintain two lifts, you know, throughout the week. Um, but really I'm still trying to sell myself at that point as, you know, their new sports performance coach. One thing that's interesting, I heard, uh, Chris Chase talk about it on your podcast that really resonated with me. I come in and it's a, it's a new role at Eastern. They kind of split up the department more along the lines of how a lot of the power fives are moving, where we've got our football strength coaches, we've got a basketball strength coach, we've got Olympic sports strength coaches. Um, so basketball for the first time, like really wanted the individual attention and someone to come in and be their guy. So I step into that role. Coach Murphy, our head coach, absolutely loves me. That's why he brought me back. Um, he, he loves all the stuff we're doing that we got planned for the year. You think that would be an easy sell to the team where it's like the head coach loves this guy and here's all this stuff he's going to do for us. But surprisingly for a few guys, like it was still breaking down some walls to make sure that we were getting the most out of them. And I think for the first time in my career, too, I realized, you know, anytime in the past where you, you deal with a troubled athlete or someone that's just not as bought into the weight room as everyone else. For me, it was always like once you get that personal connection and relationship piece with them it kind of smooths everything out and then the training corrects itself and they're brought into the weight room here was kind of different there was a, a few cats where it's like they love me they, they tell you like man show, show, you know coach sean's my guy you know i mess with sean but i'm not going to be eating chicken pre-practice or i'm not going to stop eating or drinking soda pre-practice or little things like that that we're trying to change from a cultural standpoint that seems so basic and rudimentary but it's just so ingrained in certain guys. So, you know, we had guys that they just, you know, one guy was freshman of the year the previous year in our conference. And, you know, he's telling me, he's like, I got this basketball thing figured out. Like I, he was eating Popeye's pregame, drinking soda pregame, all the stuff I'm trying to do from a nutrition standpoint. 
he's not having it. He's like, this, this worked for me last year. Like I got this figured out and great relationship with the kid, but not utilizing my role to its fullest potential. So like, again, it was a slow cooked kind of year long thing all season long. Like every day, I feel like I'm, you know, breaking down walls, breaking down barriers, trying to just get our training better, get our culture better uh, and get it to where I wanted it to be, not having that full off season, getting the guys ready. You know, next thing I know though, it's, it's March. And uh, like I said, I finally picked my head up. I'm like, season's over, didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish, you know, bittersweet feeling. But at the same time, all of a sudden I get super excited because I'm like, it's the off season now. Like now I can finally run my program, run things the way that I wanted to run. And everything at that point kind of just fell in order where we're on the bus ride back from losing in the, uh, the conference semifinal. We're on the bus ride back and guys are texting me saying like, hey, what time can I come in on Monday? Like we're starting up on Monday. What time can I come in? So normally where guys are taking a few weeks off, like we had guys motivated, kind of ready to get this thing rolling right away. And so for me, like I want to strike while the iron's hot. Like I, I want to foster that. And I'm thinking, all right, now we're starting to build this culture that we're talking about. Guys are motivated. I'm texting them back on saying like, yeah, it's easy to be motivated when we just lost and like this sucks. But like, let's see where you're at in two weeks. Let's see where you're at a month from now. Let's see where you're at in July. And so we're trying to really set the table for a big off season. But that next week I get guys in, you know, I set up one-on-one meetings uh, with each guy on the team and just try to break down the full year for them and like really get their minds prepared for this off season that we're about to have. And so I'm, I'm asking them, you know, what do they think we did good last year? What did we do bad? What are their you know, body composition goals, nutritional goals, weight room goals, basketball goals? And, uh, and the one big piece that I asked everyone that I kept harping on with them is, you know, what's one thing you could change today that's going to help you get closer to achieving one of those goals? And that's a question that I kept revisiting with them because a lot of guys had, you know, body composition. A lot of guys needed to gain weight. We played the zone, tall, skinny, lanky guys, you know, no real training background. So a lot of guys need to put on some size. And so they're telling me like, I know I need to gain weight, but you know, I, I never cook breakfast for myself. I'm always on the go. I might get a Dunkin' Donuts or a Tim Horton sandwich, not getting a ton of calories for breakfast. I need to start, you know, meal prepping or making breakfast. So when they tell me that, again, that's something that I'm harping on. So when I see them five days from now and they're coming into the convo in the morning, if I see a, a Tim Hortons bag with them, it's like, you know, you already know the little things you need to do and yet you're not doing it. So just, you know, constantly harping on that with guys, um, giving credit to, to guys that are taking advantage of, you know, some, some of the guys that had the worst nutritional habits and some of the worst weight room guys last year, all of a sudden, again, hit that switch once the offseason started and they're coming in and doing all the right things, eating all the right stuff. And again, I wanted to strike with the iron was hot and foster that. So our full off season at that point, um, we, we were fried, but we wanted, they wanted team lifts immediately in late March. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I didn't have an off season yet, so I'm not going to deny them that I want to get them in, but I'm trying to be cognizant of the fact that these guys are so burnt. We did a whole evaluation process of them at that point. And I'm like, these guys are fried. I'm fried at this point too. You know, I, I was sick for two months at the end of the season. I couldn't kick it with all the traveling. So um, this year for the first time, I did uh, that structural balance model that Snides talked about on your podcast and presented at at the seminar. And our first four weeks, 
was all based around that structural balance model where we did a two-week isometric block, two-week eccentric block, where I'm just trying to get guys in better body position, trying to increase their range of motion, uh, and not necessarily focus on performance or the, the you know, neuromuscular system, but literally just focusing on the ligaments, the tendon, the tissue, and prepping the body to handle all the stress of everything we're doing now you know, in late July, early August. And that's how I kept selling it to them. I'm like, we could come in right now. We could put a bar on your back because you're motivated, but I don't think we're going to get the same output in June or July that we would if we're going to, you know, kind of slow cook this and prep this way that we're doing now. So that ended up turning out to be really beneficial for us, not only from a physical standpoint, but just a team standpoint, because it was so easy to implement. Guys are coming in. And again, the, the very few guys that we still had on the team that weren't completely bought into the weight room that think, you know, we're basketball players, we don't need to lift. That reframed their context of what strength and conditioning is, sports performance is for basketball, because now they're seeing something that's so different than what they normally would consider a, a weight room workout. And they're feeling good, they're feeling better, and just the, the team's starting to come together. So that four weeks was phenomenal for us. Right after that, we rolled into four weeks of the one by 20, which is something that I've been doing for the last few years early in my GPP with several different teams. And again, I think it builds right off of that structural balance model where we're still looking at ligaments, tendons, tissue, connective tissue, um, still prepping the body. But now we're trying to increase our movement library. We're trying to get volume of all these different movement patterns that we're going to have in our offseason program and carry out through to the end season. Uh, the other big thing that I liked about it and I liked with our guys is, I mean, it just teaches them to strain. Like once they've got that good movement pattern, we're starting to load up. Like now they're starting to strain through certain reps. And that's kind of the mindset, again, that we needed going forward with the rest of our summer program. So this brings us to about you know early May. At this point, semester's over. Guys got a month and a half off before we start with our summer two, you know, mandatory off season. Now, historically at, at Eastern in the past, every guy left at that point. They had no training for a month and a half, and then they would, you know, just pick it up in the summer. So again, I'm already feeling like really confident, really excited, passionate about everything. I think we're moving in the right direction. And then we're returning eight guys, and five of them stayed with me all through May and through June until everyone's back on campus for a mandatory period. So that was completely unprecedented. And again, I think it just showed that we're starting to get that culture shift. We're starting to have a good group of leaders that are really bought into everything that we're doing. So everyone that stayed with me through uh, May and June, we, they were with me five days a week. We went you know, back to more of our, our traditional high-low model where you know, in Monday we're doing speed, agility, quickness, going right into a lower body lift. Uh, the next day we got some energy system work right into an upper body lift and switching on a four day template. And then that fifth day they're with me for just whatever it is, bonus work. Some guys wanted to do arms, some guys wanted to do yoga, whatever it is, but guys just wanted to be in the weight room. So they were with me five days a week and they set up a team lift time with them too. So I'm not even rolling individual guys here. It's like all these guys are together and they're really coming together. Like you could just feel the difference. Um, so that was phenomenal. Coaches get back on campus in late June all the guys that stayed with me gained at least 10 pounds. And now one of our guys, you know, coach told me in early May, he's like, you think, you, you know, we're going to move this guy from the four to the five. Do you think you could put 15 pounds on him? And I'm telling him like, yeah, I got it. No problem. And, and coach is still, he's like, really, you think you could put 15 pounds on him? And I'm telling him like, wait till you come back. Because I already knew I've been with this guy for almost eight weeks now at that point, And I see his level of commitment. I see his level of buy-in. I know he's all in. And so 
Coach comes back. This guy's gained 20 pounds at that point and just looking lean, looking solid. Everyone's like phenomenal. So coach comes and guys are playing pickup, you know, a couple of days before our, our true offseason starts. And, uh, and again, that's when I noticed things are really starting to change because whole coaching staff comes to me and they were like, everybody that stayed with me looks completely different. Their game is transformed. Like our big guys in the post are just dominant players. Our guards, they're bouncy, they're quick, they're agile. So the coaching staff at that point was already like, man, we need to get everybody staying through May. And that was just on the eye test. And then from there, once we retested everything that first week of, uh, of our true offseason, we got some of our data back on the guys that stayed versus the guys that didn't stay. Like it, it was a wrap from the player standpoint and the coaches looking at it. Like two of our biggest uh, jumps on the team, two of our guys that had a 40-inch max vert in early April, one of them stayed with me through May and June. One of them went home. The kid that stayed with me put on 20 pounds and increase his vert two and a half inches. He's, he jumped 42.5. The kid that went home lost six pounds, six pounds he shouldn't have lost, and his vert dropped three inches. He's no longer a 40-inch jumper. And so for guys to like see that and the coaching staff to see that, like there was just so much you know, buy-in and everyone's just so fired up about the program at this point. And then the freshmen come in, and that's when I realized like now we got the upperclassmen invested, now the coaches are all in. Freshmen come in, and this is all they know at this point. They see the upperclassmen, the guys have been putting in work, and they're getting bodied by them, you know, playing pickup. And they were like, man, I need to get on that, that nutrition plan. I need to get in the weight room quick. And so I knew things changed when I'm literally having to kick out our freshmen out of the weight room before they got their physicals done. Like they're coming in trying to get things going and start lifting before the team picks up. They haven't even got their physicals done. So I could just see, th you know, things were really starting to switch. Um, you know, I think another big piece of, uh, of the puzzle was Coach Murphy does a great job of hiring certain people to you know, own their own niche or their own you know, field over the team. So we brought in a new assistant uh, this offseason, Matt Klein, another upstate New York guy. And he was phenomenal as far as loving what we did in the weight room and like really exposing that and putting it on the forefront. So right away, he's telling me, he's like, you know, what, what's the, the least common denominator? What's the low-hanging fruit that you think we need to come together as a staff for and address with the players. And so I'm telling them, I'm like, it's to me, it is nutrition. Once I started getting these guys eating right, taking them to the grocery store, showing them how to meal prep, that's when we're putting on the weight. That's when they're more invested in the weight room. Like we got to handle nutrition with our guys. So we made this big pitch to try and feed our guys meals. So I feel like the culture was already starting to shift, but now we're trying to set up this whole off season schedule that's really built around strength and conditioning, built around nutrition. So it shows how much the coaching staff's bought in on this. But that's just like a, a big time schedule that these guys hadn't been exposed to before. I don't know a lot of other mid-major programs where guys are coming in and they're being fed breakfast at 9.30. At 10.15, we're starting either a speed and agility session with me or a conditioning session. At 11 o'clock, we're providing them a 500-calorie shake. Then they go to academic meetings. 12 o'clock, they're starting skill development on the court, rotated with uh, strength and conditioning and weight room with me. So we're running three small groups at that point. So they go right from on-court skill development right into the weight room for a lift. Once they're done, we're providing them with lunch, and then they're done for the day. They got class, whatever else they got. But I'm telling these kids, I'm like, we're providing you 2,500 free calories a day. And, like, we split up our, our team into guys that needed to gain weight, guys that were on, on weight loss. And it kind of became a competition. And I'm telling, you know, our weight gain guys, 
this is 2,500 free calories. This isn't all you're supposed to eat for the day. Like if you're really about this life and you want to gain weight, you're waking up at 8.30 and you're cooking yourself breakfast, all the stuff that we taught them how to prep. Then you're coming in and getting our breakfast. And at the end of the day, when we're giving you the lunch, you're eating that lunch and you're already making lunch at home. And you know we're showing them the stuff to have for dinner and all this stuff. And, uh, and it was just funny because that really created this competitive environment where guys were so invested in that. And then our coaching staff saw that. And so right as we're starting our off season, they were like, you know, Sean, what do you think? We already do weekly weigh-ins. Like, what do you think about calling this thing game season? You do a weekly weigh-in. We got a chart in the locker room where we're showing, you know, where guys are at and kind of holding certain people accountable, you know, because certain guys are really jumping weight. Others are kind of, you know, moving along at a slower pace. And they were like, let's just put it up on the board. Let's see. Uh, let's make it competitive. We'll give like a little social media blast for the winners each week. So we were like, yeah, let's, let's get it rolling. And uh, it's funny because that thing has gotten so competitive with our guys, but it's all fostered around the stuff that I think we were really missing when I first got here. Like guys could care less about nutrition. They could care less about training. Now that's the focal point of our off-season program, you know, with the, with the skill de- development and everything. So uh, the coaching staff, you know, I'm really fortunate. They, they, they've given me this role to – uh, really spread my wings and have a, a integral part of our team and our organization and what we're doing. So we got two more weeks left. We're going to test out in a week. Uh, I'm just excited to see where we can take this thing. No, man, that's awesome. And that is like, that is a lot of stuff right there. Mm-hmm. So we're talking the whole first year at a new position. So let's now talk about how your evaluations maybe, because this is something that, that would interest me. Because I do mm-hmm. things real similar, like start out with Jimmy's kind of idea, sort of just a weird shift in it, and then sure. uh, the one by twenty, obviously. Um, how do your evaluations dictate any of that stuff? You said there was a bunch of things that you do. I mean, obviously, when you're talking the composition test with the bod pod and, and all those things, that can dictate training with the you know weight gain, body comp right. guys. But how do the other evaluations that you're doing? dictate what you're doing with your players so i mean our our full player profile that we created the full evaluation first thing obviously we're getting them in the bod pod and so we're weighing them we're getting body fat composition from there we're doing a movement screen and then from there we're looking at uh all our performance measurements from on-court performance you know vertical jump broad jump lane agility shuttle three-quarter court sprint then we're in the weight room uh squat bench chin up time plank, and then we've run the yo-yo intermittent recovery uh, level one and level two test. So from there, I feel like I get a complete picture of where the guy's at. The, the big thing that I was seeing was we were dropping significant body weight once we retested in late March, early April, and we already were super undersized. Like there was no need for that. Like we needed to put on a, a ton of weight. Our conditioning scores at the end of the season were a lot worse than they were going into, into preseason. Like guys were just, I could tell they were, they were fried. Um, mentally we weren't in it. A lot of it was like, just, again, I had one-on-one meetings with the guys. So a lot of subjective, um, you know, just kind of talking to them and getting a feel for where they were at, but nothing too impressive with our, our numbers. Our vertical jumps were falling off from where they had been uh, when I first got here, just all this stuff that kind of painted a picture for me to say, Hey, like, our nervous system's fried. We need to step back. And that's really when I pushed for, for Jimmy's thing. I think that was the right move. Um, the, uh, and again, subjectively, we, we did four weeks of that. 
and guys are just itching now to touch some weight. And I think that's really what you with basketball players for them to really be itching to, to get after it. And again, that's when we shifted to the one by 20, where I still think that was the most appropriate thing for them that early in the offseason. But now, again, developing the movement category, but getting them under load instead of a lot of this body weight you know, type positional work and allowing them to strain and allow them to start feeling like, OK, now we're you know, now we're pushing some weight yeah. um, after, you know, and then after that, we didn't even bring in first beat until late April, early May. Uh, and so that's been a, a big part of our offseason conditioning. But I didn't even use that as part of like my evaluation process with them early on to look at, okay, where's, where's our resting heart rate? How's our HRV, our quick recovery test, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think, you know, coaches were asking me about that. I, I don't think that was even necessarily appropriate at that point in the year. Uh, we, we knew we were fried and we're not going to make any, any changes to our game plan necessarily based off of that stuff that early on. We're going to get the guys ready, but this whole off season that I kept stressing the guys is, we need to be able to handle stress. We are going to push the envelope. We are increasing our level of preparation and our preparedness. So this whole offseason really has just been about getting them to the point where they could handle this load. And, you know, and we're, it's a long day now that they got. I mean, they're here all day, constantly going nonstop, conditioning session right to a lift, speed session right to a lift. I mean, and then not to mention their on-court work. Um, so it, it's a long day. It's a lot of stress. But I think the way we slow cooked it, they were able to handle all of that, and that's why it's been benefiting us. No, no doubt. It sounds like it's even more so than just benefiting them. It sounds like you're having a blast. Oh, with, with that, I mean, I'm having an awesome summer, and that's what I'm telling everyone. I mean, right this summer got me back to like true strength and conditioning roots, where like I'm just so involved with these teams, and just we're just crushing it. We're rolling. We're having a ton of fun right now. No, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So. You did, you started talking a little bit about, you know, your time in Virginia here uh, in the beginning, mm -hmm. but I think that's something um, that, that a lot of people look at as, as a very interesting thing is, is working in Division Three, and sure. there's a lot of people that would probably pigeonhole that as kind of being like, this is, sounds bad, but you're a D3 guy. No, without a doubt. Sure. But you made the move to the MAC. Mm -hmm. So you're at an FBS program. You know, it, it's, it's high-level stuff. Let's talk about that transition. How was going from, you know, southeast Virginia to Ypsilanti? Ypsilanti, yeah. Yeah, yep. Michigan. Yep. Ipsy. Other, <laughs> other, other than winter. Right, right. Let's talk about some of those major differences moving Sure. Sure. And I, you know, I talked to Andrew about this at the seminar. Really, the way I look at it, it's just two different strength and conditioning roles. You know, when I was at CNU, I had your very stereotypical collegiate strength and conditioning role where I had 10 teams that I programmed for and we're rolling huge groups through the weight room every hour on the hour. We're rolling new teams in and it was just nonstop, 12 hours, 14 hours, nonstop coaching, new team every hour, just so much responsibility. Um, and you know what? I really think that made me a better coach. Like your ability to be on the floor, handle those situations, manage those situations, get results, connect with that many people, wear that many hats. Like that, that only made me you know, that much better of a strength coach. But 
my you know main role there, I just felt like we were really holding down the strength and conditioning department, like within the athletic department, within all the different coaching staffs. Um, and, and that was it. It was just your troops, your you're lifting them, you're conditioning them. That's it. My responsibilities really didn't extend much past that. But I absolutely, I mean, I loved my time in Virginia. I absolutely loved CNU. Um, I think we were starting to get the ball rolling and, and really, you know, develop some some great things. I mean, we brought first beat to, to CNU. We were running it with the basketball team. So now all of a sudden I'm able to step out of my typical strength coach role where I'm just in the weight room and now I'm at practice and I'm doing some monitoring. Um, so I think that, you know, was when I was able to start spreading out a little bit and stepping outside the, the traditional role. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, my, my role here at Eastern is very different. You know, they, they're trying to make this as, as basketball specific as we can and limit all my other responsibilities so that basketball can get the same attention that football gets where I'm on the road with them. I mean, I'm doing bed checks. I'm stretching them at night. I'm responsible for making sure guys are at class and punishment workouts if they're not just, you know, the full gamut of things, so many different hats, but with 15 guys, as opposed to working with hundreds and hundreds of athletes. And again, I like both settings. I absolutely love seeing you. I clear, I mean, I, I could, you can tell, I love where I'm at now. I love what I'm doing. Um, but as far as making that change, I mean, I talked about, I talked about it a little bit earlier. The way I ran the weight room at CNU, I thought we were doing some phenomenal stuff. And so I'm thinking, I can take what we're doing here and automatically apply it to Eastern because we're going to have a better level of athlete and you know, we can do so much you know, even more. And that wasn't the case at all because, like I said, the, the culture around the weight room just wasn't there. So where I was able to give a lot of autonomy at CNU I wasn't able to give a lot of autonomy at Eastern right away. I kind of had to take that away, teach them how we're doing things, and now start to give it back to them. Uh, so that was a slow process. But as far as how did I make the change, and like for other coaches that are at Division Three that maybe want to go more specific with one team as opposed to you know working with ten teams, really it just comes down to relationships. And um, you know, you you are in the, the day and age that we live in now with social media, reaching out to guys, you know, picking up a phone, whatever it is, like everyone's open. You're, you, there's no reason you can't connect with certain people. But the only reason I'm back here at Eastern is because of personal relationships and connections. Before I came to Christopher Newport, I was an intern at Eastern, uh, working football, working basketball, and then was part-time assistant coach where I had a lot more basketball responsibility, but I'm you know, assisting the head basketball strength coach at that time, where his role, he was really spread thin and had a lot of football responsibilities. So that left opportunities for me to go and warm up the basketball team, get to know the guys, get to know the coaching staff. Uh, and because of that opportunity that I got to take advantage of, I come to Christopher Newport. I'm there for a year and a half. All of a sudden, they want their own basketball guy. Well, the strength coach is here, and then the, the basketball staff is like, well, you know, we got to get Sean back. Sean's our guy. And so, again, it's just it's connections and people that you meet along the way and maintaining those connections. And I think another really great moral of that story is taking advantage of the opportunities you're presented with in an internship. Mm -hmm. I think too 100%. many people, like, they just look at those chances and they're just like, if you really want to be a coach, get your ass out there and coach. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I don't think there's any other way to say it. Like, get in the middle of it. Get involved. 100%. And that's what we're constantly preaching to our interns here. You know, I'm telling them if, if I'm running a conditioning session and they're not in the mix and they're standing within the vicinity of 
uh, our men's coaches out there, our women's coaches out there, whoever it is, whatever session it is, go talk to them, introduce yourself to them, whether it's the head guy down to the assistant, down to the director of ops. Like you never know where they're going to end up. That bottom assistant with basketball could all of a sudden be a top assistant at a power five or a head guy somewhere down the road and you're looking for a job and that connection that you made here, they're going to remember you. And if they get hundreds and hundreds of resumes, if they remember you from you know, these few interactions you had, that's automatically going to put you ahead of so many other people. Oh, no doubt about it, man. No doubt about it. But listen, and I think that's a freaking... It's a killer story. It's been a killer voyage. It sounds like it's been a killer 12 months up there in, in, in Michigan, man. I I love it. This has been a fantastic talk. I, I can't thank you enough for spending the time with us this afternoon, Sean. Uh, Jay, thank you so much. My pleasure. Yeah, man. Well, listen, we'll have this up quick, and, and we'll be in touch real soon, brother. Thank you so much. Sounds good, Jay. We'll talk yeah. soon. Yeah. And a huge thank you to Eastern Michigan University's assistant sport performance coach, Sean Conaty, for spending the time with us today. Guys, just a, a guy who really just laid it out there, right? You know, just shared everything that he's done in the last 12 months from the move to the trip to building this culture and these relationships with these kids and, and everything that they have going on up there to, to really some of the great stuff that they're building when it comes to how they're using their evaluations and bringing that into competition. Just some fantastic stuff. And above and beyond all of it, I think the best part of it is that you can hear how excited he is and how happy he is up there. And it's it's something that I think every coach really is is happy to hear when, when you find somebody who's in a spot that they're really excited about and they're they're really having a good time. And you know, Sean is an absolutely fantastic person that I've been lucky to know him for a few years here, so I couldn't be happier for him and and can't thank him enough for just the open and honest sharing that he, he gave us today. So, Sean, thank you so much. Uh, that was absolutely fantastic. And, guys, if you did enjoy the talk, please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, again, whatever it is. Guys, just trying to spread great information to all the fantastic coaches out there. You know, and we can't thank all of you enough for, for all that you do for us here, helping us build everything that we're doing here at Central Virginia Sport Performance we will be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.